0: George Kirkpatrick, inspiration for the nation, celebrating people we feel good about. We are looking at an unsung hero. Syracuse University's 2023 Unsung Hero Oceana Fair was celebrated because she is bringing light to an issue that has been a problem in our community for years. But we're not really talking about it or haven't really talked about it. Lead poisoning and Kiara is an activist. Not Kiara, Oceana. I'm thinking of someone else. Oceana is an activist who is doing this work, bringing attention to this community, and she has her own testimony about why this is important to her. Oceana, welcome to the program. So glad you could join us. And what is the reason why you are so, so passionate about the issue of lead poisoning in our community?
1: So first off, thank you, George, for having me on. Um, So the reason I am so passionate about this subject is my family has a generational history with lead poisoning. So Onondaga County declared war on lead 50 years ago this year. So five decades we've been fighting this. And my brother, who's now 43, was lead poisoned in our home on the south side on Baker Ave when he was just two years old. He has now outlived both of my parents. And I basically have an eight-year-old and a 43-year-old body who Mm -hmm. myself and my other siblings help care for. Uh, You fast forward that about four decades later and my granddaughter gets poisoned in my home. When we thought this was long fixed, um, long behind us, uh, we found out through some research and trying to get help for my granddaughter that in Syracuse, we're still poisoning about 600 children per year. This
0: 600. And what is the impact? Of lead poisoning and how, like so, so we're talking about in the past we used lead based paint. We no longer do mm-hmm. that, and so that paint, that paint or the residue of that paint, uh, is still uh, present in many of the older homes in our community. And so, um, how 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 is this how 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 are we still dealing with this?
1: So when you think about uh, Syracuse as a whole. Our housing stock, over 90% of it was built prior to 1978. 1978 is the year that the federal government banned lead paint. So we still have all of that old housing stock here today and that paint is chipping and it creates lead dust on friction surfaces. So anytime you open and close a window, open and close a door, you get a fine amount of dust. Um, That's not even really able to be seen by the human eye. Um, so we've all seen a sweet and low packet. We know how tiny that packet is and we know mm-hmm. how fine those granules are. So the amount of dust in a sweet and low packet is too much lead dust for 110 by 10 rooms. Really? So it takes a very, yes, a very small amount of lead dust to cause an impact. And we're talking about children's brains here, literally talking about children's brains. When lead is introduced to the body, it is a neurotoxin. Um, it can affect any uh organ or system in the body. For every microgram per deciliter that a child's blood lead level is raised, they can lose IQ points.
0: Hmm. So you having your your you know, your it's like generational uh in your in your family, was there any way to prevent that from happening? Meaning could there have been some sort of earlier detection of something to that effect that might have been and might have enabled you to find this out before it was too late or once you get it it's too it's already too late
1: right so the unique thing about lead poisoning is it is one of the only childhood diseases that is completely preventable so you remove the hazard you remove the illness so if there is no lead in a home the child will not get lead poisoned. The problem with how we've been going about things here in Syracuse, in New York, and in, in most of the country is we're using our children as canaries in the coal mine. Mm. So what we're doing is finding the houses by finding the children who are positive. And sometimes that house has poisoned multiple children and multiple families. That is why our attorney general sued End Zone Properties, um, because he had poisoned several families in several houses, even though he knew the lead hazards were there. And he had failed to fix those lead hazards. And for whatever reason, the county um, had not followed up to make sure that those lead hazards were fixed um, prior to a new family moving in. Uh,
0: uh, and you, You're part of the group Families for Lead Freedom now. And mm-hmm. there are some statistics um, that the Stand put out, the Syracuse South Side newspaper, The Stand put out. And here's a couple of things that should be blowing po- folks' minds. That most of this is affecting children on the South Side who, have, who are at the highest risk of high levels of lead poisoning with 26% of children found to have elevated levels of lead in their bloodstream in an area where 46% of the population lives in poverty right and so Mm -hmm. uh this and and so how does this impact so kids are going to school uh we know that as they're affected or impacted by lead there are some things that uh, that will affect the body what are some of those things so we know that
1: affects the brain Um, it affects the frontal lobe of your brain, which is the decision-making part of your brain. So it's the part that makes you say, hey, wait a minute before I take this this action. So what we see with children in grade school level is they start to fall behind. Um, A high level of our children are failing their third grade New York State test um, for reading. As those children become teenagers, they become um, more impulsive and they could be more aggressive and more violent. So what have we seen recently in Syracuse? We've seen an increase in teen violence. I literally am willing to bet my home if we were going to go to Hillbrook and pull the lead records of the children that are there that most of them will have had had lead poisoning as a child. Um, and interesting enough, when we look at history, when the UK banned lead in just gasoline alone, over the next 10 years, they've seen a sharp decrease in violent crimes because people were not walking around breathing in lead anymore. So we know there's a direct connection between lead and violence. Um, in young girls, we see more teenage pregnancy. Um, So if the children make it to their teenage years, if they manage not to land in the criminal justice system or God forbid are killed because of their actions, um, as they grow older, we start to see other conditions like hypertension, increased kidney disease, um, being on dialysis at an earlier time in life than we would normally see, um, right down to strokes. What we have seen on autopsy with children or people who have been affected by lead is a bruising on the brain that is called tau. That is the same bruising on the brain that we see in NFL players who have suffered from CTE.
0: CTE, right? You you said uh, you've seen that same level from NFL players who suffered from CTE. um, And and this is this is the same sort of brain injury that I mean, they get that from uh, hard contact to to the head uh, from concussions. And you're saying that the same Mm -hmm. level is what you're seeing in our children who are exposed to lead.
1: Right. So. What a lot of people aren't saying is that lead is a non-traumatic brain injury. So basically, they've suffered a brain injury without smacking their head. Um, So there's no obvious outwardly um, signs of this. Sometimes uh, children, when they're one and two, don't even show symptoms of lead poisoning. Sometimes we're not seeing that until they are actually entering into school And by then, there's that disconnect between when they were two and tested positive, and when they showed up in school at five, six, and seven, and now the teacher is saying they can't sit still. They're talking all the time. Um, They are uh, interacting with their peers in a way that they shouldn't. This goes back to them being lead poisoned at such a young age. Um, It's a neurotoxin. My granddaughter literally cannot sit still in school. She has a special chair now that she sits in at school, it allows her to move a little bit, but that dissipates that energy and keeps her focused so that she can be in the classroom with her peers and keep up with her studies.
0: Um, We're talking with Oceana Fair, Families for Lead Freedom Now, the issue of lead poisoning in our community, uh, and particularly on the South side of Syracuse. And I guess the question for me is why, why, I feel like this issue has, you know, I went to the forum a couple of weeks ago and I'm like, why? I know, like, when I was in City Hall years ago, we talked about lead abatement programs and things of that nature. And I'm just, why are we still, why are we, why are we not, why is this still going on? Caravan Van Brackle is joining us. Kara, tell me why this issue is important, but why haven't we really solved this yet? and what your role is in this?
2: Hi, George, thanks for having us. Um, my name is Kiara Van Brackle and I am a clinical neurophysiologist. Um, so I work in neurology in various hospitals across the East Coast. And why it's going on is um, literally because of exposure, environmental exposure that can be done when seeing peel, and peeling paint or having repetitive hand to mouth behaviors in children, usually between the ages of one and two. However, it can affect um, people of all ages, um, but we're most concerned about exposure in pediatrics because it does affect the IQ levels. Um, it affects how it is that they learn, it affects their behavior. And we have in our research have linked it to the um, influx of gun violence in the city of Syracuse um, and Allen County at large. Why it's not being um, taken care of, unfortunately, is not a question that I can answer, um, literally because I don't have the facts. And, and, and fighting alongside um, Oceana and Family for Veterans Now, along with other steering committees, boards, and organizations to kind of band together uh, with professionals um, of the Academia Persuasion of you know, medical professionals, family members, um, and specific people like Oceana, who is a registered nurse, and also intimately affected by the disease and for generations. And we're also looking to expose the generational effects. We're working um, closely with the Department of Health to answer and really see why it is that is tarrying so long that we're coming to come to some resolve. But in the time since I have been working on the issues, I do, I can say that there has been some things like we've had needs that have been met by county and then revising with more needs that, um, or demands that we're asking for on the, on the behalf of the community. Um, but again, I, I can't give you a definitive answer as to why not yet, but um definitely and I'll fight as I continue. It's going to be um very soon I hope
0: what 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 is your role in this in terms of what are you hoping to do in your uh, area of expertise?
2: um so, with Because of my area of expertise or because of uh, what it is that I have seen in my patients, um, pediatric to uh, geriatric. So from neonates, so literally my youngest patient, four days to the oldest patient of 99 years old, I'm seeing the, the effects firsthand, right? So from exposure to ADHD, um, AD diagnosis, ODD or opposition, oppositional defiance disorders, um, I'm seeing how it is that our community is being treated by medical fes- professionals as well and linking the understanding that lead poison and exposure that's heightened in our area because we have so many properties built be- before 79. We're linking it them to literacy issues and I'm understanding that my patients and their family members are not understanding what's going on with their, their babies, um, their children, their family members, and also are having limited access to education. So my job is having had that close lens or microscopic lens to what's going on in the community and the ICU hallways and beyond. I'm taking my expertise to the streets, to the communities and meeting the people where they are and asking what it is that they need, what don't you know, here are your rights. You have the right to be tested at any age. Um, you should be asked to, um, your your PCP should be asking you to test your, your children, especially when they're one to two. Um, you have the right to fight for IEPs or educational um, scaffolding for your children. So my job is to intersect and bridge white coats to the community um, and have us all sit at the table with those of in academia those of us who wear white coats um, and those of us who walk amongst the community, even being also knowledgeable and interconnected to have us all sit at the table and really understand how it is that we can better, um, better tackle this situation regardless of partisan, regardless of interest, regardless of um, funding given. So I hop around and help um non-for-profit organizations like Freedom for Left Families now through my consulting business, Willamina Health Solutions, mm-hmm. in order to tack the science to action.
0: Yeah, I, I, I thank you um for that, Karen. What I was one thing I heard you say is that uh they have the right to testing. So this testing um is free, I assume, mm-hmm. or but why aren't we testing? But I want to go back to so there's two questions here. One. Oceana, why do you think it's not been solved yet? Because if we know so, that the housing stock is old and we know that there's lead-based mm-hmm. paint, what's the holdup? Why are we why isn't this fixed?
1: Right. So, George, we need to talk about the elephant in the room, literally. Let's the structural talk. racism that goes on around this this issue. So essentially we've solved this problem for um, one part of our population. When you look at Onondaga County as a whole, Syracuse only um, occupies 30% of the county as a whole. However, we occupy over 90% of the lead poisoning burden. We Mm. have two zip codes that are in the top 11 in New York State for the highest rates of childhood lead poisoning, 13208 and 13205. Those uh, zip codes are mostly made up of black and brown. Uh, When we look at how this has affected generations, um, I've had someone in the health department tell me how they have had a patient who was a grandmother, her daughter was lead poisoned, her daughter's daughter was lead poisoned, and then the great grandchild was lead poisoned. Mm. So if we know that this affects the child's IQ, the likelihood of them finishing high school is very slim. So once you don't finish high school, your job um, offers are pretty minimal. The chances of you making more than minimum wage is pretty minimal. So now, the grandmother who was living in poverty now has a daughter who is living in poverty, who has given birth to another child who is living in poverty, and probably will not make it out because that child has now been lead poisoned and probably will not complete high school graduation. Who has now given birth to a fourth generation, and so this continues. So why aren't we coming down and making sure the black kids has Access to the same benefits that we have seen our suburban uh, counterparts have. We know that there's an issue when uh, getting to the doctors, and being treated fairly by doctors when, when we're there, um, having that access to healthcare. Uh, we already know that's an issue for the African American community, and this is this issue is no different when it comes to that. Um, allowing slum landlords to thrive in our community. Why has that been allowed to happen? We're talking about it now because Green National had a murder at their building. However, we have had slum landlords who have been slowly killing our population for decades through lead poisoning and other health ailments that are being caused by the very homes that these children are living in. So here's a statistic that I find really startling, George. In the 13205 zip code, if you are a young Black male child, you have a one in four chance of being poisoned in your home the place where you should be the safest, one in four chances. Mm-hmm. So, and I told you about the 600 kids per year. So now think about a elementary school on the south side of Syracuse, McKinley-Brighton right. for intri- if for right. some right. McKinley-Brighton. McKinley-Brighton, McKinley-Brighton holds 600 students. So what we're saying on Ndunga County is it's okay to poison basically a school building full of students at 600 students. Entering into the school system every year with lead poisoning, already behind the eight ball, having to fight for basic rights for an IEP for interventions at school.
0: Because when you that's roughly 150 students, that's Mm -hmm. 150 students that are going to be poisoned in that building. No,
2: George. What what Oceana is saying is text, yes, that's a hundred if you take twenty-five percent and one fourth of those people, what she's that's saying right. is per year there's about six hundred children six hundred kids per year. Poisoned. So that spread building holds six hundred All of kids. our elements. so yeah. throughout our community, we just take off a whole school building and say, you know what, you guys don't get a chance per year. So yeah. You have to per continue year. to so, strive in a way that is challenging in your living and working and, in planning area. And
1: that is,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I was gonna say, and that is just of the children who have been tested. So since we lost testing at WIC in 2019, we saw a very sharp decline in the amount of children being tested, about a thousand per year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So approximately 50% of the children are being missed for testing. So that is 600 kids just of the kids being tested. So the actual number could actually be higher,
2: mm. right? And and of those um, children who were tested at WIC, when we when we had that being done by the WIC offices, seventy five percent of children were being tested. Now that was not all, but we've seen, you know, right. a quarter of a of a decline in who has to have access to testing, um, and and that's unfortunate. And it's again doing a disservice to many generations on the end, which I can speak to because people who I know and love um, haven't been benefited from the multi billion dollar institutes that are Syracuse University and um, SUNY Upstate Medical University Hospital. I've grown to know and love a lot of community members who've supported me through my education and my career. Unfortunately, I've also learned that these people who I love are affected, and I can see so in their family dynamics. I can see the things in the adverse childhood effects that they face and continue to face from that exposure that literally when they came home from the hospital and they have so much pride to say, such and such came came home from this hospital, this generation, this generation, and that generation. And I'm seeing the effects of how it affects one nuclear family for generations. Um, and in a way, it is that they access healthcare, in the way it is that they access education, uh, the way that they perceive themselves, um, how it is that they interact with authority and the law, hmm. um, their risky behaviors, risky sex behaviors, risky um, drug um, activity and behaviors um, all lead to pointing back to this exposure.
0: So, So basically, So is the solution just to paint over the lead? And I know that sounds really simple, but what is the solution to abate this lead in the house? What do you have to do?
1: Right, so if lead is on a a friction surface, painting over it is not going to help because what'll happen is that surface will wear right back down again. So where there's a friction surface, those areas actually need to be remediated. Um, Now we can do encapsulation on things like if the outside of the home is chipping and the paint is coming off, you can put up siding, wrap the house, put up siding and encapsulate it. The problem with that is how my granddaughter got poisoned from the soil in our drip line. There's no place to take contaminated soil. Um, We encourage folks to grow gardens. I don't encourage anyone in Syracuse to plant a garden directly in the ground around their home. Please use a raised uh, bed. Um, These can be as simple as getting a plastic little uh, kiddie pool that we've all seen drilling holes in the bottom and putting your soil in there and growing your plants in there Uh, but definitely do not plant in your ground Um, if it's in the home and it's on a flat wall that is not a high friction surface so nobody's really touching it you can use an encapsulating paint in that area Hmm. Um, but most of the things that we've referred to is. Porches, doors, windows, those are all high friction areas. Those need to be completely remediated. So
0: what is Families for Lead Freedom now asking and asking for? And who are they asking for? What needs to happen? And why hasn't it happened? Let's go through all. Let's, let's answer all the questions.
1: So we've been um, doing this fight since about 2019. Uh, We made a few demands on the county then, which they told told us was completely impossible. They told me they couldn't bring the lead bus back. They told me they could not do early intervention. We won both of those things in the budget this year to prove that that can happen.
0: So the lead bus provides mobile testing, I assume. Mm -hmm. And then what was the other thing that you, you asked for that you got this year?
1: Early intervention. So once a child is lead poisoned at one and two, that's when we want to be interacting with these children and helping to form those new brain connections that have been damaged by the lead. Yeah. We want to get ahead of it before they get into the school system. Um, and we want to make sure the school system knows. So there's there's a few things that we would like to see done. We would like to see the Syracuse City School District, since we are considered a hotspot in New York State, to require lead testing for incoming students in kindergarten. Require
0: and it. Okay, require it. Require it.
1: Peace no. Incorporated
0: uh, and the requires families, it for Head
1: Start.
0: And, and families are in support of it because you know how some families are. If you ask <laughs> them to do one more thing, they may not want to do it. So that's why this education, right? This We need right. you to have the, your families tested. You have a right to it. And if if, if if And if Superintendent Davis, what's his reaction to that? What's he saying?
1: So we have been trying to get the Syracuse City School District at the tables um, since Jaime Aliseo was the superintendent. So we have not got the school district as a whole at the table, and we will keep working on that. We have gotten pockets of individuals from the school district, so teachers, school psychologists. What about the board nurses. of
0: education?
1: So we did reach out to the board of education, and we talked to two members that we invited them into a meeting. Um, with our group. Now, I'll remind you that Families for Lead Freedom Now is a group of affected families. So we're talking about parents whose children are di- are directly affected by lead poisoning. And to protect the innocent, I will not tell you which board member said it, but we were basically told by Syracuse City, um, word for word, told by a Syracuse City School District board member, why should she ask teachers to write curriculum for children who are lead poisoned if they are only going to be returned to the same lead-poisoned homes at the end of the day.
2: And that's where the problem is, is is now we have educators who are also not in support of scaffolding and supported education as they are, you know, recruited to do. But also what underlies there is that we do not have faith in the powers that be to remediate this issue, pun intended. Um, um as far as with that uh, with the lead is going on in the community. Um, that's disheartening. It's just discouraging. Um, and it's not the message that we want to continue because it, it's literally a continuous negative feedback loop when we don't have people who right, we'd have families who don't trust the medical system. We now have educators who don't trust educational system and don't feel as though they are responsible for. Recognizing what we consider red flags for behaviors and and learning barriers, and then it, we have those powers that be not being held accountable. So we have so many working groups not working synergistically, and that is another um, goal of Freedom for well, Black Families now.
0: Oh, was that public Was that statement made in a public setting, or was it in a closed door session?
2: Because I'm I'm trying to hear who
0: said that it was if it was not right. a, so a if it was, was in a public meeting then who said it well technically it, it was a public
1: meeting we invited um, two school board members um, to our meeting we figured this was a way to bridge the gap with the Syracuse City School District um, those two board members showed up we explained to them what our children are facing once they um, enter into the school system the barriers that we are running into and in getting those interventions. And this is, this is what we were told by a, a school board member. Um, what I told my organization is, so basically, I don't count any meeting as a failure. We always learn something. Mm-hmm. And what I learned that day was she was not the person I needed to help me or to get me where we needed to be. And so I started reaching out directly to teachers, directly to mm-hmm. school psychologists, directly to school social workers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now we're making progress with the school system.
0: What do you need from the community right now?
1: We need the community to stand up and let the lawmakers and and those policymakers know that we want change, um, that the black and brown community is not going to accept this anymore. We know lead poisoning can affect any child of any race. However, it is our children that are suffering the most. Our children are being poisoned at a rate of 10 to 1 to their white counterparts. So we want to see change. We want to see um, the folks who are allowing this to go on held accountable. Right now, when the landlord doesn't fix something, he's getting a slap on the wrist. Right. We were instrumental in getting the lead ordinance, mm -hmm, um, the lead ordinance um, passed. However, the lead ordinance is not being um, completely implemented. Mm -hmm. And there's really no excuse at this point that I am willing to accept from the city as to why that is not happening. Right now, they are only doing visual inspections. So they walk in. So when they brag, they've done 500 houses. They looked at 500 houses. And if they saw actual chipping paint, they cited the landlord. But they're not doing dust wipes. As we already talked about earlier in the program, that dust is not always able to be seen with the naked eye. So you're not doing that. Um, the Community Foundation gave a huge donation to the city to buy um, XRF guns to be able to put up against the wall and tell you whether that um, surface is containing lead that's not being used right now. There's no excuse for code enforcement to not be doing that.
0: All right, well, the challenge has been put out there. And um, what? how do people get active and involved in this issue? What, what's the next step for, for the what do they do?
1: They can go to leadfreedomcny.org. That is our website. Um, they can click on the contact us, and I will get those emails. Um, if they are an affected family, we will be with them the because um, for a lot of our families, the person they hear about uh, lead poisoning so, is once their child is lead poisoned.
0: Yeah. Um. And so basically, you said um, you, you can go to lead. LetFreedomCny dot org to to find to to sign up and uh-huh. get the information, get emails. You're breaking up a little bit, and so I just wanted to repeat that that's what you said. Uh, uh, Kara, what would you like to say?
2: Um, I would like to empower the community. Right, this is your health. This is your your the health of your children. Um, this is the health of generations to come. Right, because also at you know being of reproductive age myself, this affects my unborn children. Um, Should I be blessed in that way? So so I want us to be able to be empowered and knowing that we are autonomous, right? Take your power back in doctor's offices, ask the questions. You are the constituent when you're speaking about legislation that we want to pass. You live in the area, you pay your taxes, you benefit. Um, from the institutions that are hospitals and community centers and schools. Um, they don't operate without you, right? Um, so ask the questions, be empowered, ask to be tested. Don't take no for an answer. If you're if they're being told that your insurance does not pay, ask for, you can ask for um, I'm losing the word petition. You can yeah, petition yeah, yeah. Um, and have your medical professional excuse mm-hmm. the puppy. Um, the medical professional, um, and to see it or advocate on your behalf. This is a our issue, right? This is a you problem, right? That's what people say. I want us to own this. While we did not make this happen, it is up to us to band together, whether it is that we wear academic hats, but we wear white coats, but we wear book bags as the students. The kids need to be able to, you know, take back and talk for, themselves as well and hopefully at some point um in my tenure here at syracuse university we'll be able to have the kids rally and the most powerful things that we saw with the tennessee three were the kids rallying skipping school right you know this is this is my future this matters to me not only does this matter to my parents and my grandparents but i care about how i learn i don't want my iq you know, um, diminish, I want the same opportunities as my Caucasian counterparts who live in Jamesville, who live in Beville, in Fayetteville, I want to have the same opportunities, I don't want to just look up at the hill at Syracuse University and at SUNY Upstate Medical University and see this as somewhere I might be able to work at, but not have access to. Um, So as I continue to learn, work and serve in the community, I hope to continue to empower the
0: community in, in this way. Here, Ben Bracko, Kiara Williams, Families for Lead Freedom Now. org to get active, to get involved. And we hope that from what we've heard from our guests today, that you feel empowered as a community to take the next steps. And they want you to work with them to get rid of lead in our community. As simple as that. Any other information you want the community to have before we ch- we go?
1: Um, just stay informed. You are your child's best advocate. I can't stress that to parents enough. Your children cannot speak for themselves, so they are relying on you. However, if for any reason you feel like you need help with that, you can call us. Um, our number is 315-464-0734 and I will be glad to help you navigate through that. I will show up at IEP meetings with you. I will call code enforcement, the um, county health department, um, help you go to a doctor's appointment to figure this out. Uh, We're going to do this as a community.
0: That's 315-464-0734. Call them, letfreedomnowcny.org on the web. Kara and Oceana, thank you so much for being on the program and informing us about this issue, Inspiration for the Nation.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you for having us.